2: Just talking to me. Do you think that she could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively. There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so
0: easy. Alright, quiet see. on the side. Alrighty. Hi, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya up Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio Twenty One. Podcast Cafe, and uh, we have uh, a bunch of things to get to today, a um, bunch of breaking news. So we're going to talk, talk about some breaking news, and then in the second half of the show, we've got Steve Foster who's going to come in from the Haverhill Firefighters, and he's going to talk about how the uh, mayor of of Haverhill is screwing the firefighters, and anytime somebody wants to talk about the the uh, mayor of Haverhill, Ed, I'm yeah. in. Oh, yeah. I'm in. You want know, <laughs> to talk about Jim Ferentini? Um because I'm like, I'm... I'm I'm schizophrenic when it comes to Jim Ferrantini. When you meet him and you talk to him, he seems so nice. And you want to like him. And then you look at some of the stupid shit that he does. And you want to kill him. So
2: it's the actions. Well,
0: right. Yeah. And then you meet him and you want to go. Like, I I give him a really hard time. Like, he runs when he sees me. Because he knows I'm going to break his balls every (laughs) time I see him. Right? And so, like, you go over and you ask him a question. He's the typical old school politician. You go over and you ask him a question. He can never fucking answer a question. Never. He will never answer a question. Went over to him one day and I said, um, "Hey Jim, I, I'm hearing you might not run for re-election." And his answer was, um, "Well, you know, there's there's some, um, you know, some good points on the uh, on the on the side of not running, and there's there's some there's some good points on the on the side of running, and you know, we're yeah. gonna take a hard look at that." and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you sound like fucking Elizabeth Warren You're going to study it, you're going to look at it, you're going to think about it How about just, how about Jim, what day is it? Well, you know, in China It could be Thursday (laughs) because they're across The Prime Meridian, but in the United States It could be Wednesday, just fucking answer The question, please For the love of God, just answer the goddamn question And now we're starting to see With the the new people coming into Methuen During the election You asked them any question, any question Didn't matter, they would answer it, right? Because they wanted to get elected Now that they're elected You ask a question It's very hard to get them To answer a question now (laughs) They've all learned now You don't answer anything Because for some reason They think that if they If they say something And then they change their mind Like everything they say Is supposed to be etched in stone Right Someone's going to hold it against them And go yeah But three days ago You said this And this is what's wrong With politics by the way Is that nobody can say yeah you know what it, it, As it stands right now I would probably support Impeaching say The president of the United right. States And then three days later They learn something else Go no now I'm against well, it Well now you're a flip flopper Oh you're a flip flopper You're a bad guy And this is what's wrong With politics Say what you really think And then it's okay later on If you say something different Because things change Yeah I've changed my position On the death penalty In my lifetime Probably about eight times Right Yeah I changed When I ran for school committee In Lawrence I campaigned against Full day kindergarten Then I got in and in one of my first votes, I voted for Full Kindergarten. <laughs> and the difference was, when I was running, I had an idea in my head on what Full ki- Day Kindergarten was and how it impacted impact the community. Right. Then I got in. And a couple of weeks after getting in, I met with a whole bunch of parents from the Bilingual Parent Advisory Council. And they came in, and they made a really good case. Yep. And I said, you know what, they're paying taxes, they're residents, I'm here to represent them, I'm not here to represent my own view And that night, everybody was expecting me to vote no, and I voted yes You're a flip-flopper, you're horrible, you know what, screw you I mean, so like that, Seriously, I mean, we're not here to just take a position and always, for the rest of our lives, have that position, ever
2: I, I guess that's the point, as an elected official, are you there to represent the people who elected you right. or yourself?
0: Right, and that's exactly right and so I have some very strong views on some things, but if I, was an ele- if I was a state representative here in Salem, New Hampshire, and I had to vote on it for the people of Salem, New Hampshire, I might vote a little differently than right. where I really feel, because I know the people of Salem, New Hampshire feel differently than I do when I'm here to represent them. That's one of the reasons why Diana DiZaglia was such an amazing elected mm. official as a state senator, because you ask her a question, and God damn it, she answers it. Like she just answers it And it's so refreshing You say Well what do you think Of full day kindergarten Well I think this But that could change If somebody wants to change my mind Yeah And so nobody's ever Going to hold it anything Or say you flip flopped, You lied to us you th-. So anyways Steve is going to come on The second part of the show And he's going to talk about uh, Jim Ferrentini And some of the shenanigans Going on with the Firefighters And you know I love Firefighters Oh, yeah. I love five. even though, no offense to the guy who's here, even though I have to say that there's a large number of firefighters that are smarmy little bitches. <laughs> all right? They sit around the firehouse all day, and they complain, and they bitch, and they moan, and they spread rumors, because they got nothing to do all day, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, when that call comes in, they're rushing into that building, and they're putting their lives on the line, and they're not thinking twice. I mean, it, the, during the Columbia gas explosion, I watched Lawrence... And Waltham and, and Worcester firefighters right. Running into Lawrence buildings while they were exploding Like while they are exploding these guys are still going and, and during the explosion they're still moving forward They're still moving into the building So whatever you think of Haverhill firefighters Lawrence firefighters Whatever you think of firefighters in general At the end of the day they're heroes So yep. we'll have him on We do have some, uh, some news to talk about There was a murder at Lawrence yesterday First murder of the year A Lawrence DPW worker is filling a pothole on Andover and Clifton Street at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Mm. and he was shot dead. Wow. They still don't have the suspect in custody. 2 in the afternoon. There are police officers all over that neighborhood, by the way, because they're doing all kinds of construction. They're replacing pipes because of Columbia Gas stuff. And I, 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 I can't talk about this story without making it about me. Not, okay. not because I can't talk about anything without making about <laughs> me. But I keep thinking about... I've been thinking about this for the last 24 hours, right? It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They, in, they encrypted their police scanner because Tom Duggan was making Lawrence look bad. Right? I was driving around. I was following cops. Yep. I was going to scenes of shootings and stabbings. And the mayor, who's, who's a little sissy, wanted to make sure that Tom Duggan doesn't make Lawrence look bad anymore. So they encrypted the scanner so I can't follow the police around. Right? Yep. So then I have police officer friends of mine would text me when something big would happen, and all of a sudden they're getting called into the chief's office or the deputy chief's office, and they're trying to find out who's the leak, and, you know, they, they're giving friends of mine in the department a hard time. Even if they're not the ones that did it, they're automatically like, right. you know, there are guys like Suspect. Mike Samada always going to be suspected for us, right? So putting all that into context with this, with this murder yesterday, it's not Tom Duggan following the cops and reporting crime That makes Lawrence look bad It's not Tom Duggan Getting a tip from a cop That there's a shooting on Brook Street That makes Lawrence look bad It's the fact that a fucking DPW worker Can't fill a pothole at 2 in the afternoon Without getting shot dead That makes Lawrence look bad That's what makes Lawrence look bad Newsflash for all the little snowflakes That came on my page on Twitter this week Telling me how I'm making Lawrence look bad Newsflash It's the fact that, I'm going to say it again, a DPW worker can't fill a pothole on Andover and Clifton Street at 2 in the afternoon without getting shot dead. That's what makes Lawrence look bad.
2: And, you know, the reality is, whether you reported on it or not, it is happening. Right. And then I get these snowflakes came on my page saying,
0: what about the family? You should take this down. The family shouldn't have to see this. And I'm like, wait a minute. Channel 5 is live from the scene, but I'm supposed to take my thing down? (laughs) Like, Because you know me because I'm local. You think you can intimidate me to take a story down. And whenever they say it's for the family, the family shouldn't have to see this. There was a big accident on Pelham Street where a kid died uh, five or six months ago. And I got inundated on Facebook. The family. You should take down those pictures. The family. Translation. Whenever they say the family, here's what they're really saying. You're making Lawrence look bad. Please take it down. You're making us look bad. It's about them. It's not about the family. They couldn't give two shits about the family. (laughs) think They care about the family. They don't care about the family. And by the way, those who come on and say, what if it was your family member? What if it was somebody you loved? Here's another news flash for you. It was. My father was murdered. A guy put a baseball bat to his head a dozen times at three in the afternoon, a block from the police station in 1990. And you know how I found out? Jerry D'Amico on Channel 7. That's how I found out. I flipped on TV and there's a picture of my father and they're talking about how he's fighting for his life at Lawrence General. That's how I found out. But you know what I didn't do, Ed? What? I didn't call Channel 7 and say, I'm the family. How could you make me learn it that way? How you? Oh, I had to see my father and it was so traumatic. I didn't blame Channel 7. They've got a job to do. And they have to do their job. And when a cop gets beaten with a baseball bat in the middle of the afternoon in Lawrence, that's news. You can't hold it against them. And when a DPW worker gets shot filling a pothole at 2 in the afternoon, shot dead, right. that's news. And so I don't know what the Lawrence public schools is teaching these kids today. I almost don't blame them. I blame, the, I blame Lawrence High School. I blame the Lawrence yeah. schools. I don't know what they're teaching them about a the free press. I don't know what they're teaching them about the press in general. But... Every single person that comes on, whenever there's a death, a tragedy, a car accident, a shooting, it's always take it down for the family. You're, this is terrible. This isn't news. You're you're making Lawrence look bad. And it's like, you know what? Tell, how will you live life a little bit first? Yep. Go out into the real world, pay taxes, get a real job, and then come tell me how to do mine. Because I don't show up at these people's jobs and go, hey, you're making that sub the wrong way. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't stand over them going, hey, how come you're not making that hamburger faster? So, anyways, um, that's Lawrence. They have no suspect, as far as I know. There was a rumor last night that he was in custody at Lawrence General. Um, that turned out not to be true. And thank God I didn't post that because I didn't confirm it. Uh, but we heard the rumor. We saw it on Facebook. I made some phone calls. Uh, the chief told me, nope, that's not true. He's not in custody. I'm going to take him at his word. Um, so, as far as we know, as of right now, the guy who shot. A DPW worker in Lawrence and killed him yesterday is still at large. And the theory is, at least as of right now, the theory is that it was a gang initiation. Hmm. But they weren't targeting this guy particularly. Right. But there was a gang initiation. You got to go out and you got to shoot somebody. And someone went out and shot this guy. They just happened to see him fill in a pothole and they shot him. But that's what makes Lawrence look bad. And by the way, that, my mom does this all the time. And I love my mom to death, right? But anytime someone badmouths Lawrence about the crime, she's like, well, where, are you, where else are you going to go with there's no crime? And I'm like, yo, the goal is not no crime. You're never going to go anywhere there's no crime. But I can tell you since I moved to North Andover 18 years ago, I don't have to worry about my car getting broken into. I don't have to worry about gunshots outside. I don't have to worry about sirens every 15 minutes going by. I don't have to listen to drunks fighting outside my office. You don't have the environment. And even in in most sections of Methuen, you don't have the environment you have in Lawrence. Um, So anyways, we're hoping that uh, we'll get some breaking news, maybe even during the show that they've got him. But this is the first murder of 2020 for the city of Lawrence. According to the chief, three murders last year. I don't I I think they got one guy. I think they got one. I think they got one. Now the year before there were four or five murders, I have not solved any of those murders. The year wow. before that there were nine. I don't think they've solved any of those either. Now that's not an indictment on the Lawrence police the Lawrence detectives, they do a great job. But it does mean that something else has to happen. Yep. There need to be some kind of there needs to be some kind of um Priority by the state To come into Lawrence with even more And I hate to say even more because Lawrence is inundated With state and federal agencies yep. right now But they've got to have some kind of a murder task force To come into Lawrence and start clearing up all these, all these Old unsolved murders yep. Because then the word spreads among the gangbangers
2: Yeah, that if you're going to you kill if you, somebody If you feel like you're going to get away with yeah, it It's right. a lot more tempting yeah, You
0: scratch somebody's car walking down North Andover on Main Street <laughs> And it's a crime spree And 15 cops are knocking on your door Right, in Lawrence, yeah. mm, not so much, I guess. So anyways, that's uh, the Lawrence yeah, well, stuff.
2: When my mailbox was damaged in Carlisle, I got a very quick response. Oh, that's a crime spree in oh, Carlisle. Are you God, kidding? Yeah.
0: Yeah. They had the feds there in five <laughs> minutes. Uh, we also have some news out of Methuen. So we didn't talk about it last week. We had, um, we had uh, Mayor, Mayor Perry on the show. And um, Jim McCarty, Methuen City Council, was elected council president. Now here's the fun. Here's the fun thing about this. Like I, I lobbied very hardly against Jim McCarty becoming council president. He, he got it anyway, um, which goes to show you. Like you know that people crying about my right. involvement doesn't really make all that much <laughs> difference at the end of the day, does it? Uh, but he became council uh, president, and he wanted it on the front page of the paper. He asked me, "Are you going to put this in your paper?" And I'm like, "Well, your vote is the day after we come out. Right. But if you're sure you've got the votes, I'll make like a notebook item that you know that you that you." That you got the votes and that you're council president because he was sure 100% he had the votes the night before. So I was in the process of like writing up a notebook item and I look on Facebook and there's Jim McCarty on Facebook trashing me saying, oh, yeah, he's just giving me a little notebook item. I should get the front page. He's telling me he he thinks that him being council president is so fucking important (laughs) that that should be on the front page. And he says to me the day before, what's on the front page? I said, um, the four police chiefs talking about the opioid crisis. Well, shouldn't it be me? Uh, No. 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 I'm pretty sure the opioid crisis takes precedent over some kid in Methuen becoming council president. I mean, I I I do cover 49 cities and towns, by the way. It's not just Methuen that I'm covering. If I was a Methuen-only weekly paper, maybe. Maybe that could be a front-page story for a weekly. But uh, no. Uh, Also in Methuen, um, he didn't say it while he was here last week. Which really makes me mad because mm-hmm. I have a feeling he was—I have a feeling he knew he was going to do it. I actually even recommended that he do it, yeah. um, but he didn't do it until this week. And that is, he fired former Lawrence DPW director uh, Frank McCann, mm-hmm. who was a consultant. He was acting operations director for the DPW in Methuen. So Frank is out. Uh, they've posted the position for DPW director. Uh, Mayor Perry's got a, a huge task ahead of him. Yeah. where he has a lot of jobs to fill. Remember when Trump came in and he had like 137 mm-hmm. judges to appoint? Right. And nobody could figure out why. Like, why would Obama do that? Well, because he obviously thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that Dejuga really, really believed that Jen Kanan was going to win because he left all of these unopened positions Yeah, and one DPW director, city engineer. I mean, there's all kinds of positions that are open. Uh, so anybody that's interested in working for the city known as the town of Methuen, uh, get your butts down to City Hall and apply for some of these jobs. The DPW jobs are opening up. He's cleaning house over yeah. there.
2: So a lot of acting a lo- positions over there. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people who are going and there's a lot of people who are gonna be replaced. And I think that's a good thing. I think when you get a new administration, you gotta sometimes you gotta clean house a little bit. You gotta clear the dead wood, especially whereas we had for the last two years, we had Mayor Jujuga who literally mailed it in. Like literally mailed it in. He was almost never there. He's almost never in his house. I have no idea where he was staying for the two years. But he was I, my friend Mark lives like right down the street from him. He said that house was always empty, always for the two years he was mayor. Oddly enough, now he's there every day. I hear.
2: Oh really? Like, now that he's left the mayor's <laughs> office, now he's moved
0: <laughs> back into Methuen. I'm not exact. I don't even know how to interpret that. I'm, I mean, I, it snaps my brain. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, there's a new thing, um, and I, I, I debated among myself which are always the best debates.
2: Do you usually win?
0: Yeah, it, never. I never, never win. win. No, I never <laughs> win against myself. Um, uh, uh, I, I debated about talking about this topic because I don't want to give them any more publicity than they're already getting. But on the other hand, there's stuff that's being said that needs to be addressed. So w- let me let me clear all this up because you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking vaguely. So there's a new website that is... Um, it's an anonymous website covering the film in politics, hmm. and it's kind of like sound off on the internet, where they just make stuff up, yep, and sometimes not making it up. Sometimes it's stuff that's real, but you got to figure out what's real and what's not huh. real because it's just they just throw stuff out that's there. That's fun. It's like rumor has it that I'll just make make up a thing. Yeah. Rumor has it Mayor Perry is sleeping with the secretary at the Veteran Services Department or something. something
2: like that. Somebody's gonna cut that out, <laughs> right?
0: So, um, I'm not going to say the name of the site, but um, everybody's looking at it.
2: So, it's active.
0: It's active, and everybody's shopping it around. Jim McCarty, by the way, is sharing it all over Facebook, so you know he has something to do with it. Um, And I suspect, and everybody's running around trying, this is the thing, everyone is trying to run around to figure out who is behind this website. Mm. And I want to caution everybody watching, stop doing that. Stop trying to figure out who did it. That plays right into what they want. Mm-hmm. Because while you're running around talking to people, trying to figure out who it is, you're spreading the word. You're spreading the word about their website. Yeah. You're talking about it. You're naming it. And then people are going home and looking it up. And then they're sending it to their friend going, who do you think this is? Do you think it could be Sid Harris? Do you think it's Tim Wood? I'm pretty sure it's actually, by the way, Tim, Tim Harris and Sid Wood. With yeah. Bob LeBlanc and, and, and McCarty kind of thrown in, helping out <laughs> with Steve's. It's, it's definitely part of the Saber clan. They've attacked me a couple of times. Yeah. And the the verbiage used to attack me is almost word for word what guys like Bob LeBlanc and Steve Saber say about me behind my back. So I'm pretty sure that's who it is, but who cares? At right. the end of the day, we're probably never going to find out who it was, stop trying to figure out who it is. Who Who is doing it is not important, as far as I'm concerned. What's important is, is what they're saying true or not. Right Now, there was a, an item on that site yesterday or the day before that Mayor Neil Perry... Is going to try and take city money to revamp the uh, um, the awnings over on Union Street, where the um, the the railroad it used to be like a railroad stop. Yeah. They get these awnings, and uh, there was a, a huge controversy over whether the city should tear it down, what they what they should do with it, and because Sharon Pollard, because she's Darth Vader, you know, because Sharon Pollard wanted to preserve it for historical reasons, the 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 people with Sharon Pollard derangement syndrome
2: They want to tear it down
0: Flipped out and went. we're not using any money We don't care what <laughs> happens yeah, don't, We don't care if it falls on children and they die <laughs> If Sharon Pollard wants it We're against it We don't care what it is So this item on that stupid site Said that uh, Neil Perry, now that he's mayor um, Is going to be using city money To try and tear down this thing Or revamp this yep. thing, whatever it is So I ran into Neil Perry last night At the TMF family dinner for the homeless and by the way, thank him for coming because the mayor of Lawrence doesn't even show up. And I said, hey, listen, I, I read that um, Methuen site about the awning and Mike Gagliardi and the whole thing. He said, yeah, you know what's funny? I've never even talked to anybody about it. Hmm. He, said, I've never, he said, I haven't called anybody and uh, yeah. asked a question about it. I haven't called anybody in my office and said, what do you think of this? He said, not only is it not on my radar screen at the moment, I've never even like, talked to anybody about hmm. this.
2: And I don't imagine awnings are at the highest priority level.
0: But but when you're a hater, it's kind of like the whole thing with Donald Trump. If you hate him and he walks across the street without using the crosswalk, Oof. it's an impeachable offense. It it's a be. it's a death penalty yeah. offense because they hate him. And so when you hate someone, I was telling Mike Samad this last night because he he hates Joe Solomon, and he's 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 crying about look at how many cars they have in the police department. I'm like. This four million dollars missing out of the school department, and you're bitching about the gas they're using and having right. a Tahoe and the like. Do you realize that your hatred for Joe Solomon has made you completely overlook four million dollars missing out of the school <laughs> department? And you're talking about thirty dollars in gas for the week. Like, this is the problem. Can we remove the emotion, kids? If you're if you're if you're in Methuen, especially, can we remove the emotion? Stop voting against things because of who proposed it. Stop voting against things because of. Who endorsed it? Stop voting four things because of who endorsed it. Look at each measure that comes to you based on what's good for the city. And you know what? If Sharon Pollard likes it and you hate Sharon Pollard, but it's good for the city, how about like side with the city? How about do that? Yeah. Do that. Just side with the city of Methuen. Um, what else do we have? We did Frank McCann. Oh, TMF last night. So TMF, the Movement family, they do family dinner for the homeless in Methuen. I'm sorry, in Lawrence. I got Methuen in the brain now. Yeah. And every Wednesday night, we feed homeless people over at Two South Broadway. It's on the south side of the Falls Bridge. Um, last night, John Zimony, a former selectman in It, who has his own TV show, asked me to come on his show uh, a couple months ago, uh, showed up. He's also the coach of the St. John's Prep hockey team, freshman mm-hmm. hockey team. So he showed up with his St. John's Prep freshman hockey team oh, no. last night to feed the homeless. And it was great because you had all these rich white kids. <laughs> And I don't know what St. John's is, like 30 grand a year to go, something like that. It's just outrageous, right? So you had all these rich white kids coming into Lawrence, helping to feed homeless people who are addicted to heroin, a lot of most of them, who have severe mental health issues, who have severe issues in general, come in and interact with these people, feed them. The kids not only set up the tables and serve food, but then they sat down with these people and talked to them. And every once in a while, I looked over at one of the hockey players. Sitting down with um and I won't, I won't mention names, but a couple of the addicts that we know really, really well, and I could hear the conversation, and you could see you, I'd never seen a white kid get more pale, but these kids <laughs> were getting pale while they were listening to these, these yeah. addicts talking about their life on the street, because it's it's so much worse than what you think when you see it on TV like what these people live through, living on the streets of Lawrence, no less right I mean living on the streets anywhere is bad because of the conditions, the weather, but in Lawrence, no less. With the crime and the drugs and the and the and the all the things that go on in the city of Lawrence, and I I thought it was a good teachable moment. And when they left, the coach came over and said, um, "And I thank John Zimini for doing this." He came over and said, "Listen, a lot of these kids sat down with with these these homeless addicts." And they got, they got an education that's going to carry them through a lifetime. Because they may never do this again. They may never see this. One at least or there's
2: again. an awareness at yeah. this point now.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things I wanted them to come away with, I wish I could have given them a talk beforehand or right. afterwards. One of the things I want, want them to come away with is just because you're rich and just because you're white and just because you live in Groveland or Georgetown, wherever you live, and you don't have a lot of the crime and you don't see this, this could and will be you. If you Mm -hmm. decide to use opiates it's going. There's no maybe, there's no it could be This will be you And someday, five years from now We're going to be under the bridge feeding people And one of those kids that were there last night Mm -hmm. Is going to be, yeah, I was one of the St. John's prep hockey kids And now I'm here And you can just see it happening Because just statistically speaking And we hope that doesn't happen But we know statistically it's probably going to And so I, I really hope that what they come away with What they saw last night Was that this will be you I mean, there's no question about mm-hmm. it. You start using opiates, you start abusing opiates. You know, marijuana is one thing, you know, some of these other drugs. Right. But if you start using opiates, if you start using Percocet, Percodan, recreationally, if you start using heroin in any way, shape, or form, even once, you're in, you're in big trouble. And you're on a path now where we're going to be feeding you under the bridge at some point. Mm. So I hope they they, uh, they come away with that. Uh, what else do we have? and Lawrence, North Oh, we have one more Lawrence story, uh, Ed. Uh, Actually I could do three more stories But I want to get Steve Foster up here Uh, Illegal alien Living in Lawrence sentenced for Possession of fentanyl with intent to distribute Hmm. So I get these um, Email blasts From the Department of Justice every day And every day Every day I'm posting a new story About an illegal alien In Lawrence being convicted Or charged with fentanyl or identity theft We've got about eight If you go to valleypatriot.com we've got eight stories up right now Huh. About people from Lawrence committing identity theft or are selling fentanyl, using fentanyl, using drugs, and um, you know, I have all these people. Why are you making Lawrence look bad? Listen, I didn't make them go out and sell fentanyl. Yeah, right. I didn't make them. I didn't make them get caught selling fentanyl. Uh,
2: what happens in that case? Do they just deport? They have a trial. They you know, with with an illegal. What's they, the process? They'll
0: charge them. They'll make them serve their sentence, and if they fit the requirement to be deported, at the end of the sentence they will. Uh, they will. They so will. So you still
2: got your sentence right.
0: before you go. So it, those of you who are interested, you should go to the Department of Justice and sign up for their email blasts, mm. um, because and, and tell them like what area you're in, like Massachusetts, so it'll be all local stuff for you. Um, but you need to understand the code, right? Because you know, after eight years of Obama, Trump still has a ways to go to straightening some of this stuff out at DOJ. So their headline was. Dominican National living in Lawrence, sentenced for possession of fentanyl. Hmm. So they didn't say illegal alien. Right. And most people don't know what Dominican National They don't know what that (laughs) means. So I always call a friend of mine at the DOJ and say, I just want to make sure on this particular case that we're right. This guy's illegal, right? They're like, yeah, he's totally illegal. (laughs) So that's what I put in the headline because people need to under, because the regular regular news will always candy coat anything involving an illegal, illegal alien. They don't ever want to make illegal aliens look bad because, as CNN tells us every day, every single illegal alien that comes here is a valedictorian. Every single, every single one of them that comes here, every illegal alien in this country just wants a better life for themselves and their family. Awesome. No such thing as gangs or drug runners, (laughs) gun runners, people. You know, I mean, kidnapping, sexual molestation, child pornography. None of that. None of that exists if they're illegal aliens. Every single one of them are Mother Teresa. And so I want to make sure as a member of the media, sadly enough, um, a once-proud profession but no more, I always make sure that I put inside my headline that they're an illegal alien. And I get some good feedback on it, so I'm, I'm going to continue doing that. Um, do we have like a 30-second commercial to bounce out of, or should I just bring him up? I can just bring him up. It doesn't really matter, I guess.
2: Well, why don't I play a commercial while you're bringing him up?
0: You got a quick one? Just It's just one? Uh,
2: I think we got... Uh... Perez was by itself, wasn't it? Yeah, I will you, do that. You loved that one. I
0: did. And yesterday, I went live on my Facebook page to the Philippines, uh, live to the volcano. The Tau Volcano mm. is erupting with uh, Steve Johnson, who is a uh, former, I think he's former Marine. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a U.S. service. And he retired down there, and he follows me on Facebook. He's from the Lawrence area. And uh, I've got friends all over the world. I've got friends in Israel and Paris. And we tried it out, and it worked well. So from now on... A terrorist attack happens in Paris. Hmm. We can go live to the scene if we've got somebody there. And we will. We have people yeah, all, 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 all I've been, over. I've been networking for the last six months on Facebook, trying to get people in and getting a list so together you, of people and where they are. Your
2: news spotters are worldwide.
0: They're, they're starting to go worldwide. Yeah. And I think at that point, that's when we can start monetizing and start making some real money on this. Oh, I love like it. do this for free all the time because I love to do it. <laughs> but why not make some money on it? Absolutely. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. On the Paying Attention Podcast, hi, Top two guys smoke shop here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. As right, so I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home. Because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um... You can't. They do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper. And he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Uh, I guess that means we're back. Quiet on the set. It's pretty bad when I have to tell the owner to stop talking during a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this might be my last one.
1: Oh no, no,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not Colonel Sam, I'll tell you that right now. He's got my back no matter what. Uh today, welcome back to the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya Top Two Guys Smoke Shop here at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We, we we've been we've been remiss. We've been remiss. We haven't mentioned our sponsors. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, we get them all in. Nina at Climate Design Systems is back. We love Climate Design Systems. Uh, Marku Towing. Jason Marku helps us every uh, Wednesday night with uh, hot chocolate and coffee for the homeless. And uh, if you uh, need to have your car towed, you should uh, call him. Uh, San and Sun Construction. I'm doing this from memory, though, so if I, if I forget one, let me know. Marsan and Son Construction. Uh, Ronnie Marsan uh, and his son own a construction business. If you need any, you know, your, what you do is you call Ron Marsan to fix your roof and you call right. Climate Design Systems to fix your heating, and nice. you're all set. Warm as could be. You're all set with yeah. that. Uh, I'm trying to, well, who else do we McLennan. have? McClennon. Oh, McLennan and Company, Century 21. We love McLennan and Company. Um, and I love, you know, I may, I may have to marry Janet McClennan at some point. That sounds good. I I might have to. (laughs) Like, I know it goes against my age restriction. I usually cut it off at 35, but I may have no choice because I I love her so much. (laughs) And then we have AFC Urgent Care. Instead of sitting at the Holy Family for four hours waiting to be seen. And by the way, you can't read the Valley Patriot at Holy Family anymore. They threw us out. They threw all the newspapers out. It was just too burdensome for them to pick up the papers after people left. It was. So, it was way too. But they, they couldn't do it anymore. They had to throw everybody out. So you don't want to go sit there anyway. You've got nothing to read. Go to AFC Urgent Care either in Methuen or North Andover. And by the way, they love the Valley Patriot. You can get one in the in the in the waiting room while you're waiting. Superior Officers. The Methuen Superior. Thank you very much. The Methuen Superior Officers Union. Uh, we appreciate uh, them sponsoring the program. Not just because we appreciate their check, we do, we do appreciate that, but we also appreciate that uh, because the Superior Officers Union and they're so involved in all this conflict and controversy, it pisses a lot of people off that they're sponsoring this show. And those are the people, by the way, I like to piss off. When those people are pissed off at you, you know you're doing okay uh, Here in the studio today, we have for the last half hour of the show uh, Steve Costa, and I've been saying Steve Foster, and I'm sorry It's saying right, Steve talking. Foster Steve Costa, who wanted to come on and talk about He's not, you, you are a firefighter, but you're here as a citizen, right? Yeah and you're not legally you're not representing the union. We want to make sure nobody gets sued, nobody accuses you of doing anything bad. But you've got a story to tell that they can't tell. So we're having you as proxy come on yep. to talk about how the mayor of Haverhill is screwing the firefighters. Now, look, if you want to screw DPW workers, whatever. You want to screw the teachers? Quite frankly, I think teachers get paid too much money anyway. If you want to, if, you know, if you want to screw the uh, the, uh, the 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 cl- clerks union in City Hall, yeah, whatever you want to screw cops and firefighters, you got a problem with me. Yeah. And these are people that we saw in 9-11, we saw during the Columbia gas situation. These are people who are running into burning buildings, who are running toward gunshots, while the rest of us are cowardly running away. And so, anytime any mayor, any town manager is giving crap to any police department or fire department, I'm right here. Yeah. So, I wanted to bring you on. Why don't you talk about what's going on in Haverhill? Oh, you don't mind my smoking, do you? Absolutely. Uh, I, not,
1: I wouldn't Tom. stop anyway. I just wanted and, to know if you uh, mind. Thank, <laughs> and Tom, thank you for letting me uh, come on and talk about this. So, Roughly about in the summer of two thousand and sixteen, I got acquainted with the uh, union president at uh, local ten eleven tim Carroll, and we got we got to talking and it seemed at that point that they were at a stronghold with some things with the mayor that weren't working out too well contractually and basically adequate to the community itself so at that point, we started talking and it waited we waited a bit and then, in the last year, all of a sudden, the union has Basically taken on to the social media Of letting the citizens know what's going on In the department publicly Although you know that they They supported his opponent In the last election Who mind you took 43% of the vote in this past election Which was pretty damaging to Listen the mayor's he could have won that election If he campaigned
0: better I called him and I said I will endorse you and I've got tons of friends and readers In Haverhill I will endorse you and I will help you win But you've got to answer one question and whether I endorse, she's going to depend on the answer to your question. If you become mayor, will you unencrypt the police scanner? And he said, "No." So, so again, you a walk.
1: So, you, so you talk about you talk about the, the 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 various on that one is that again, you know, we you earlier included. I don't want to get into too much about Lawrence. So it's funny because in Lawrence, they all of a sudden the crime rate started dro- dropping just dramatically, just a little bit when they encrypted. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had encryption in the police department side for well over 10 years, in and nothing is dropped. There's actually an down. increase, right. because the mayor, again, he everything he does, he dilutes the situation. He doesn't want to look at the full situation, and that's the point of <coughs> why we have 21 less officers on the street, which are budgeted, but there's been an increase of nearly... Five to six percent every year of residency since he's taken office. I mean, if you just look at the city budget year to year or the auditors report, since two thousand six that I could go back and look, the city has has increased their property tax Collection at thirty eight million dollars wow. since two thousand six. Now, mind you, he took office in two thousand four, and that was the be- that was sort of the beginning of the end of the bad relationship that went on between the mayor and the fire department. Is
0: that true? He took office in two thousand four.
1: Yes, he took office in two thousand four. He sworn in in two thousand four. Wow. So the year we started the Valley Patriot, we're coming up on our sixteenth anniversary. Jim he has been mayor for 16 years. Yes, he's now so he's now been elected to his ninth term, which when he closes Holy out will be crap. his 18th, and it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. No. So last week I went to, in front of the city council with my group Citizens for Haverhill Fire. Uh, we roughly have almost 400 members on the group in less than a month that it launched nice. on Facebook. And basically, what we were, what I I went in front of the council saying, well, we. You guys are presenting this master plan, and basically to start developing the city even more and more. Mm-hmm. And yet, we've increased almost 3,000 units in our downtown district, and we haven't increased one fire position. Since the mayor took office in 2004, when he took office, there were 69 privates on the job. There was, you know, right then and there, that's your frontline firefighter, 69 right. guys. Right. And now it's down to 60. So, so in 16 years you've lost firefighters. We've lost firefighters. Some of it, some of it he looked at but he more, cares about public safety. Well the fire about the children. So so again, he talks about well, the fires are down. Well, yeah, of course. The statistic of fires are down every year, year to year. You know, it's a rarity to see what happens, but again, you can't forecast what happened in Lawrence. That was not a forecast. Right. And you're not going to be able to forecast it. It's funny because a year and a half ago, well, when it, roughly a month after it happened, the mayor the mayor called conference and said that we were going to um, we we're going to come up with a strategic plan in case of what happened in Lawrence happened to Haverhill you because mean Columbia Gas, you, mean. you know, it was sort of sort of the same scenario, and you know he you know I gently reminded him and he he looked at me kind of weird and he said you're you know basically in his words you're an asshole. right? And I said, well... Well, you know, are an asshole, but, well, but, you know, but the bottom that's immaterial line, to the yeah, point. But the bottom line is, is he lost a good deputy chief to Lawrence and Brian Moriarty. Right. So, it, just the attitude that he has towards the fire department, and I think the union has been really working towards a goal of not burying the city budget. I mean, their their proposal for more staffing is is... Basically level to two guys a year for five years, right. which would bring an adequate number, somewhat of an adequate number to meet the compliment that they would need with, with the strain of the resources that been being put through. And, I, you know, it was funny because he admired Tom Menino for a long time. Well, that makes sense. And, and you know, obviously, you know, the Tom Menino, when he um, was in office, really tucked it to the firefighters yep. himself. yeah. And and, I the, remember, and the cops, by the way Oh, yes, yes Boy, but they,
0: boy did he screw the
1: cops Yeah, until his kid got on the job And right. he tucked him in the back room in intelligence But, you know, I, I laughed about it a couple of months ago After the election I said to the mayor I said, you know, isn't it funny that You know, after five years of your good buddy being out of office That Marty Walsh had to invest $100 million In just capital expenditures in the fire department Right. I said, so what do you think's going to happen when you leave office That the next mayor, your successor, is going to Walk in and have to figure out if maybe 15 million, maybe 20 million dollars right. to straighten out the job. Right. It, Look how long it took him to fix the, the mold situation at the police station. Well, that it was, was like Tom, 10 years. I mean, Tom, Tom, let's be frankly honest. He never had a structural engineer go in and actually inspect the roof after the solar panels and never had anybody overseeing the project. And right. it cost the city almost $250,000 after everything's said and done right. to repair the roof. Right. So now he's on this launch that he put $500,000 back in November The city council forced him, basically forced to stand for $500,000 to replace the roof on Water Street So he thinks that, oh, we'll just invest in $500,000 is going to go away And the union's going to walk away and everybody's going to be happy And we're all going to just move along Well, that's not the union's approach You have apparatus that, your spare apparatus Which is only one legitimate truck that fits standards of federal the federal standard for firefighting; it should be used, and the other two are over thirty years old. Right. So he hasn't strategically put the chief in place to say, that, hey, chief, what do we need?" And and again, you know, this is this chief here, Chief of Liberty, is the first non-civil service chief in the in the department's history. Right. I mean, the last chief, Chief Borden, came, he he well, unfortunately passed away before he could retire, but. He was he was civil service, so he used to push at the mayor a little bit, but not enough. And if you notice, back back in 2011, I don't know if uh, you followed this, but they had a matrix report done on the department, an overall study of soup, soup to nuts, basically, in every aspect of issues with the department. And one of them was the building conditions. And in that report, it clearly stated that you guys should go out and get an engineer and do an engineering report. Fast forward eight years. Still no engineering report. We have a maintenance department of four guys that are overseen by the school department that operate all city buildings, and yet, you're putting these guys below livable, it's below prison conditions in at least two firehouses that I've seen at the apparatus floor level. I mean, never mind the fact they saw pictures presented back in November when the chief came in and did a workshop with the council a week before they voted for the 500,000. So the mayor has really tucked it to them constantly over and over again. And a lot of it has to do with, in that Matrix report also was in, they recommended a scenario if they they got rid of the rescue off the front line. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, in 2011, that report said it's not recommended, but in 2012, he did it. He did it with the work of, of, of then, well, was public safety commissioner and chief, Al and they and they basically brought it down to one guy driving the rescue truck, which was absolutely out of control. The union fought it, couldn't win it, and ten days after he did this, Tommy, wouldn't you know, that someone was killed on Washington Street in a fire. Wow! So it then, then, then PFFM president Ed Kelly, who's now the international secretary general. Came in front and pushed the mayor so hard to reallocate that company and put them back in the service with at least three guys. Is this the one on uh, in in Bradford on? Uh, no, that's the one. Uh, no, the one, the one, the one you're speaking of that he reopened the Bradford station that was closed by Mayor Mayor uh, Mayor Guerin. Back his first year into his into his only term that he ever served as mayor because he goes down as probably one of the worst mayors Haverhill ever. Oh, we can't say that he's my cousin. He was awesome, (laughs) is what they say. Right, I wasn't living in Haverhill then, but. You know, it's just the attitude. It's it's the attitude. It's these guys. They're the morale is low, and when you you shouldn't be like that. Yeah. So the mayor says, "Well, the, he says the fires are down." Okay. Well, yeah, the fires are down. But once you start adding in the con, the aspects of the buildings, now you're increasing medical calls, elevator rescues, gas smells. Anybody, I mean, sorry, the Merrimack Valley in general. Anybody smells a smell of gas, bang! It's a full box response. Right. I mean, if you ask Brian Moriarty over in Lawrence, it had to be easily, the from September 13th when the gas explosion start it happened to the end of that year. They probably saw about 800 calls for smells, smells of gas right. and not even in the affected area. Right, And that increased over they, – they did a study in Haverhill, just a small study when the Chief of Liberty was looking at it. He said that that increased by 200 calls just on gas smells. So it puts a strain on the department. And, and the union's been in good faith for negotiation. And, it course, Facebook – there was back-and-forth discussion on Facebook, and, of course, the mayor tries to dilute the situation, as always. Right. You've dealt with them. I've dealt with them. You know how he is. <laughs> you ask him a question, and they'll, you know, oh, well, look at my rail trail. Right, yeah. <clears throat> or, or look at what I did in downtown.
0: I, oh, like to say, I like to say you ask Jim Ferentini what time it is, and he tells you how to build a clock. Yeah. But you never get an answer to your question no, as to what no. freaking time it is.
1: No, you're right about that, Tom. So he, he attributes all the good stuff that happened in downtown to him, and he pats himself on the back. Well, wait a minute. From 2011 until he retired from the state house, Brian Dempsey was the chairman of Ways and Means. You could have gotten anything right. out of the man. Right. So in 2012, he does that. Well, that's the first year that Brian's the chairman of Ways and Means. If you if you don't have the money to fund the fire department, which is a bunch of pucky, to be honest with you, go to Brian and say, hey, Brian, I need extra money from the state. Right. Or turn around and apply for a safer grant, which the city qualified the last 10 years for That he hasn't applied for
0: Well cut some of the money And I say this about Methuen all the time And I get crap for it Or cut some of the money From the school department There's so much waste in every sc- I served on a school committee in Lawrence oh. and, and I worked with school committee members From other cities and towns It's everywhere There's so much theft And mismanagement And misspending in school departments You could easily cut $10 million Out of the Haverhill School Department budget And
1: do it effectively And it wouldn't it wouldn't affect the level of education that those kids get even one day. Well, you look at you look at the school you look at the school department since Jim Scully left too. And I mean right. it's been you know, they say that Doctor Murata's has done miraculous things. Well Doctor Murata basically just shuffled the bottom ten percentile of our bad test scoring kids from the course from the core city Parts of the schools and shifting them over To the Bradford where or, or another Bradford Elementary or Pawtucket Lake Where they were scoring high right to level the Playing field gotcha. so they could get title one money So the school department's getting title one what Money right now the whole thing is such a joke Isn't it, it? you know okay so we're gonna get title one Money you, you 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 know Oh we got free school lunch well that's not a good Thing to brag about because that means that 40% Of your city's in poverty over right. 40% Which is 48% right now Of the city of Haverhill is in direct poverty because he, he dilutes the census. He, he dummies down the numbers. There's easily 70,000 people living in that city today.. Yeah. And he, he keeps saying no. And it's just a, it, on and on and on of how he treats things. You look at the infrastructure, you look at the buildings, you, we, we're faced with two new schools that's going to cost the city 62 million dollars in total with the, that's not even that's just the city's half of what Andy Vargas and Diana got to grab out of the state side. But in the meantime, we have an inadequate fire department that's not really working right. How is Andy Vargas,
0: um, have you guys sat down with him and tried to get him to do something about this? Because he is your new state rep, and I know he cares a lot about illegal aliens. I, a, I, know I cares, have a meeting with him tomorrow. I know he cares a lot about citizens who are not citizens of this country. So I'm wondering if maybe he might care about citizens of this country and especially firefighters
1: who put their well, lives on the Well, Andy, line. Andy, Andy sticks sticks to his guns of what he got taken care of, and of course, the PFFM and the local endorsed him in both his both his campaigns. Well, shame goes. on shame on both of them. Okay, shame on both of them. So they endorsed him on both campaigns, but they also endorsed Diana, right? Who, who again, Diana. Doesn't really side with the mayor on anything, but right. it, from time to time she'll be seen with him discussing things. Right, and the mayor never brings up the fact of the inadequacy in the fire department because he doesn't want the bad press. And right. the, let's Frank, be honest. I was in front of the council last week with the Tribune in the room. HAV was re- obviously Timmy <laughs> Coco ran the story. But the Eagle Tribune, which is a regional paper, couldn't pick up the story to talk about my group because why? It would make the mayor look bad. Right. We don't want to make the mayor look bad. But unfortunately, y'all outlet, We don't care. Right. It, it's the bottom line is, is that we're, as citizens, there's a lot of people in that city that are paying attention. He disbands a lot of things. So the other big thing that he's mad about right now is that he has to pay 100% on the cancer bill. So if a guy goes out of, on the job on occupational cancer, the city has to pay him hundred percent disability. Well, he oh yeah, gee, that's awful. He, what the hell's wrong with him? He forced a guy into retirement because he because it was costing the city too much money for the health care. And never mind that the city has lost eight retired members to cancer, and he won't even recognize that. Wow. You go in the city of Boston anytime that Joe Finn gets in front of a podium and talks about you know someone being promoted and it's the son of or the daughter of because that happens nowadays of a of a member that passed away even in the guy could die in 1983 he died of occupational cancer cuz Joe Finn found out that what he died of right or she died of or whatever and that's the same trend that needs to go across the fire service because unfortunately you don't know what these guys are running into you know we, you know chief moriarty and Lawrence is trying to do a tracker now on his guys mm-hmm you know, Chief uh, Chief Sheehy and Methuen's doing the same exact thing. You know, Chief Liberty is, but we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about any bad press. And it's unfortunate because people should be informed that this all started in 2004 when he took office. And it started off a fire that happened in the Mount Washington neighborhood. And he said, oh, there was no loss of lives and no one was hurt. And a firefighter did get hurt. And he was misinformed by his staff because, of course, he's ignorant to not showing up. And he's not in touch. And da- but all of a sudden, this past week, he's in touch because of the Portland Street fire. And his staff puts up a GoFundMe page, so he makes himself look like right. he was at the fire. Now, I was at the fire. He wasn't there. Right. Dan Rivera never – I've seen Dan Rivera more, Me and you both have been at fires in Lawrence and- both of us have seen him roaming around, right. talking to the right. residents. That's you, what, you, Usually after the Channel 5 cameras show up. But yeah, but he is still there. But, you know, of course, they were in a battle in Lawrence with him for a long time, right. too, trying to get the contract right. straightened out, which was a shame. But here, it's very simple. They're not looking for a lot. They're not looking... They, they They say that they want a long-term plan. Because you present a master plan that you want to increase population and more development, but yet... You're not increasing. You increase your police department. Yay. That took, an, that took Andy Vargas, when he was on the city council, to push the mayor to do something. It took John Mitchinson to do something. Good, it, good guy, John Mitchinson. John Mitchinson has been fighting the mayor since the day he took off. That's the guy that should be mayor. That's the guy that should be mayor. Unfortunately, unfortunately, John doesn't want that seat. He tried to run. He was unsuccessful a few times, not once but twice. Know. But, you know, Dan Troche was a great candidate. The thing about Dan Trokey is he was withheld, and the truth of the matter is he he worked a lot. He worked a lot of hours, so campaigning for him for mayor was very tough for him. Right. I obviously was around Dan a few times. I talked to Dan. You know, I supported Dan and voted for him. I think him. his biggest problem, though, was he didn't truly, and I say this
0: constructively, he didn't truly do his homework to understand how municipal finance, municipal government, municipal budgets Work and he didn't have a good Foundational understanding of how to Run a city because if he did I think he probably could have closed that Gap
1: well and also when he debated The mayor a week or two before The election he got pommeled By the mayor I'm not even it was like Economic development that was the one question he couldn't answer the question because yeah, he didn't have an answer. Right. And and people look at that. They say, "Well, you know, you want to come in here with these grand ideas, but our taxes are going to go through the roof. Why don't you run for something?" Well, I, you know, Tom, I've been toying with the fact of maybe running for council. It all depends if he runs again for mayor because then at that point I would I would put my hat in the gas. He start. runs
0: again. He's 185 years old. What do you mean run again? He's going to run again. Well, it
1: seems like it seems like his attitude is he wants to try to get his rail trail done before he leaves office, which in hindsight, Another waste of money In hindsight, I live in that neighborhood So I know exactly the development pattern There's a big holdup The paperboard mill property is not even remotely close to coming to development right. they, They're in legal litigation over the property themselves You know what you get when you when you spend
0: money on rail trails? You get 10 cities That's what you get You well, get I, those people I, setting up 10 cities
1: from, from the point of where it is right now From the back of the Dunkin' Donuts on Middlesex Ave All the way up to the railroad station on, in the Bradford neighborhood um, there has been a lot of assaults over there. There's been a lot of drug dealing. There was obviously vandalism when they knocked the bike over over there. It, it, you're attracting, you know. You want to talk about open space and recreation and all of that. You have the Buttonwood Trail. You have the stadium. You know, he 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 basically who caters to who who he wants to cater to to grab the vote. Obviously, the elderly are a big vote count. But at the point, point 43 percent of the voters that voted in this past election voted not to reelect him he only won by 57% of the vote that is the first time that a challenger even jim Warwick, couldn't do that against him right. he got 36% of that vote mm-hmm. the, when they ran against each other there's no question that there's a groundswell in haverhill of people who want to replace jim
0: ferentini but they want to replace him with someone that they th- that they believe knows what they're doing and i think he i think his opponent in the last election kind of gave the impression that he didn't, that he was gonna be on the fly learning on the job. Yeah, you can't a be job, like it. It's that. not a job you can learn on the job. And I had several Halo firefighters who liked him and supported him who said, boy, if this guy would just do his homework and learn about the budgets and learn how you know municipal government works, he could win.
1: But he just he Well he, he had he no didn't. strategy plan. Right. And that was the biggest thing is you know that we had to build two new schools. That was gonna had that had to happen in the next five mm-hmm. years. But it, it never mind, put that aside to even build a new firehouse, we haven't had a new firehouse in the city over thirty-eight years. The last one that was built was Bradford. Actually, it was rebuilt and re- remodeled and fixed back when he took office. Again, he fixed that, so that's his claim to fame. But in sixteen years, the, the just the atmosphere, nothing has been. To, he built one school, and that took a Tom. You probably followed that. That took an act of Congress. Yeah, it, did. it took a lot of pushing and pushing back and forth. So at this point. If you have a chief that does whatever the mayor says because he's at the mercy of the mayor at this point, and you have a mayor that doesn't want to work with the union, and the union is being more than accommodating, all they're asking for is staffing increases. Their grand plan, eventually down the road, is they have a ten-year plan, and the ten-year plan is to re re to relocate the rescue closer to the highway so they're able to respond to highway calls without the strain on the equipment. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things that, you know, he plays duck, duck, goose with the equipment. You can't play duck, duck, goose with fire trucks because if that fire truck breaks down on the way to a fire and we lose life, what's Ooh. the city going to say then? I know. And we've already been through it once in 2012. It's not good.
0: So what is the solution? What is it that people can do um, to try and, and and solve this problem I, 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 will lobbying Jim Francini really do any good or do they need to go to the councils to override
1: it well the, the the problem is is that the councils even when i when I lobbied to them and even the union union has done it all through the summer and into the fall and you know they they pushed with the councils it seems like you push the mayor in a corner is what i was told by council mary ellen o- uh, daly o'brien last tuesday was you push him in a corner he not going to react right. he's going to tell you to go pound sand yeah. because shortly after that meeting because i made one blanket statement and he was watching that meeting tom
0: i'm sure he was he's sure he damn was i'm sure that, he's going to watch this show anybody
1: who mentions his name ever anywhere he knows he knows the blanket statement that i made that this may be the end of the road meaning that he may retire Right. It was nothing in the disrespect that but you, you know, honestly, if you got somebody to run against this guy, they're gonna they're gonna hammer him. Yeah. They're gonna hammer him. And that's embarrassing. You don't want a guy a long-term mayor, just walk away in the sunset. Let somebody else come in. You know, if you're gonna model yourself after Tom Menino he's pretty much close to Tom Menino exception of three things. One, he he obviously Tom Menino built the infrastructure and fixed the infrastructure in Boston. Two, he was able to make the neighborhoods great. And everybody worked together in unity. And three, when he left office, he left a legacy. What is the legacy of him? Downtown that Brian Dempsey helped build? Mm -hmm. And the rail trail? That's it. So you don't have a legacy. The legacy is amongst what you've done. Brian Dempsey's done a lot of great things for Haverhill. I actually saw him last Saturday at Joe Kennedy's event with Diana. And I was talking to Brian and, you know, Brian's a lot happier now, and it's good to see Brian smile.
0: Anybody again. who leaves politics is usually
1: a lot happier. He's a lot happier, it, 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 but it's sad because Brian did so much. Yeah. He really, really did do so much. Not just maybe for, he'll come back and run for May. I, I really hope that Brian just comes out. He, and That was the first public appearance in a political event I've seen Brian at, too. Well, maybe he's thinking about it. I mean, there could be a perhaps a He'd slaughter Jim Frontini. Oh, he's he's one of the most beloved politicians in Haverhill, and also in the Merrimack Valley, because he was great to Methuen, he was great to all the the people he worked with in the delegation. I mean, Diana speaks highly of him still to this day, and, you know, it's good, but we need a change of climate. The stagnant politician, obviously, you didn't see a turnover in the council, which was sad. Right. You know, you had two great young guys there that were energetic, that had great ideas, but a lot of people don't want change. Right. They say they do, but at the end of the day, they don't. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, Nick Golden, who came pretty close to taking Bill Masick, a longtime counselor, off the seat. He didn't. He didn't lose by much, but still, I mean, you need a climate change. You need. You know, you obviously seen it, and we both of us seen it. And doing what the change. You know, obviously, nobody wanted Jen Jen Canaan in that office Mm -hmm. as voters. But Jen has done a lot of good things. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. You know, Jen. Jen took the high road every time a police vote happened. She took the high road and ran out the door. Yep. And I witnessed it when I lived in the And then when I moved to Haverhill, I'm looking around. I'm like, What is this? Is this a joke? There's no term limits on these people. There should be term limits. The one thing that the mayor is bringing up that should have been brought up a long time ago is district representation versus. At large, yes, I'm way against that. Here's the problem, exactly. I am too, because of this issue. We can't get anybody in the general election from Mount a- from Mount Washington or the Acre to run. Right. What's to think that if we do it tomorrow, that oh, you got to get somebody in that seat. Yep. So it's a problem. Yeah. You know, councils at large. I mean, pretty much don't live. I mean, they don't live in one corner of the city like Lowell does. Right. I mean, they're at large councils. Pretty much live in one corner. Right. Where Haverhill has a spread of a few here, a few there, which isn't bad. But, you know, we got to keep the movement. I think with the new council president in place, things will kind of work. But, mm. again, I don't know how strong Melinda is going to be on her feet with the mayor right now. We've got to
0: wrap up. Do you want to give uh, just a minute wrap up on, uh, on all this?
1: So, What the- do you want people to know? What do you want people to come away from the show knowing and remembering? Well, I want I want people to remember that our firefighters are not being fairly treated. I mean, it's just evident. Don't I mean I don't want people to read into the perception of what the mayor puts out because I think when he puts out that he says he has a uh, has a vehicle replacement plan with the chief, then why isn't that public record? Right. Why can't I review it? Obviously, that's a big issue. His capital improvements plan is very well off the charts because he says 110 million investable. Well, what are you investing 110 million in? Give us the breakdown. What are you doing? Right. We know that sixty-two million of it's going to the schools because it's in writing. Right. But other than
0: that, anytime you want to get a public document, and he doesn't, he doesn't think it is a public document. Let me know. I will file an official pu- public records request. And I work very closely with the Secretary of State's office for communities that refuse to turn over documents that they, they always say aren't public, but really are. They just don't want to give them out. And we will help you get those documents any way that we can. But the the group
1: is doing well. It's Citizens for Fire on Facebook. Um, it you know just any support we can give. We we're kind of doing a few different multifaceted things. Other than fighting the mayor, we're also doing firefighter appreciation okay. stuff like that. We're we're gonna have an event at Battleground soon. Working with Sal and Dana at Battlegrounds Coffee in downtown to to do some events. We're, to appreciate, yeah, make sure you them. tell them I said hi. I don't think they're big fans. Um, but to give them, give give the firefighters some appreciation because I think the citizens really don't know how hard they work. I agree. And I agree.
0: All right, Th- uh, Steve Costa, thank you for coming in, Haverhill firefighter. Love to have you back again. Please consider running for office. Uh, Haverhill needs people like you. Every community needs people like you. People yeah. that are out there, they're outspoken and they don't care what they piss off. I uh, want to thank uh, McLennan Real Estate Century 21 Janet McLennan My future wife I am going to marry her I know I have a 34 year old cutoff. 34 years old Is my cutoff, But I may have to Break it for her uh, AFC Urgent Care Lisa Williams And her husband Do a lot of great stuff For the community Maku Towing Marsan and Son Construction The Methuen Police Superior Officers Union um, climate Designs Nina at Climate Design Systems We have two more sponsors coming on board In February uh, Horizon Home Care I want to thank Karen Ferrillo, who's going to be coming on board And Barelli's Deli For the first time in 15 years We got we get some Aruglio yeah. nice. So I was in there buying, uh, buying meats the other day And he said he wants to come on board uh, Steve Costa thank you for coming in. Thank Ed Sullivan, time. thank you for being our fine producer. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we've got to go home, so go home already. Political TNT at 4 o'clock. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.